This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right, we're back for a holiday edition of Off the Break Podcast. Yes. Not talking holidays specifically, but we've got an exciting slate of movies coming up in the next five days. Right. That's going to be exciting. And uh, then we get to start talking about January. But let's not get into that first. Let's not get into January yet. Let's talk about what we're excited about for the next few days here. Right. So um, I think the industry, the trades all think it's going to be Aquaman. You know, Aquaman's going to be number one this weekend, probably into next week. And, you know, I think it's going to be a battle for number two between Wonka and Migration. And when you say number one for Aquaman 2, that means it's going to be another billion dollar movie <laughs> because we're still living in 2018, right? Jason Momoa is still Breeze, of course, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> we're holding on to that hope. The fact that Migration isn't even in the conversation is very sad to me. I know. I, it looks like such a good movie. I think it'll, it'll be fine. It. I'm surprised that it's not tracking better. Although, you know, tracking has just been wildly off this year. And I think what we see in tracking is more of awareness. So that's why I think names like Aquaman and Wonka tracked higher than think something like Migration, which is a new original IP. I thought that too. And then I asked our eight-year-old, hey, you want to sneak out today and go to Migration? He's like, what's that? <laughs> and then and then it's like, it's the duck movie. He's like, oh, no thanks. Come yeah. on, duck. So he knew what it was because we show him all the trailers but to he try didn't to care. convince him to yeah. go. Even the scary ones. Yeah. And, uh, no, we don't show him the scary ones. Kobe. And we asked don't him about Wish, there. too. And he was like, oh, definitely not Wish. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. And then Ken's like, no, the duck movie. And he's like, mm, you thought that you saw the wheels turning. And he's like, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> Do I like ducks? Yeah. I'm only eight, but I don't think I like ducks. <laughs> yeah. Everyone likes ducks. I love Come ducks. Come on, ducks. <laughs> <laughs> I know, they and waddle, that seemed, was quack, that too obvious awesome. of a title for the movie was Ducks, exclamation point. Oh, I, I could see that being like a direct-to-home video. Yeah. <laughs> Mallards. Yeah. <laughs> no, you could have made it something cute like Ducky's Adventure. And we all <laughs> no, would have loved it. that's the sequel. Oh, yeah. that's the sequel. <laughs> it might be a, li- uh, a Land Before Time movie. I'm not sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a character named Ducky in there. There is. <laughs> So, 1980s callback. Good job, Kyle. Oh, I, I, I lived through them all. I collected them. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I don't think we're gonna have one huge film, you know, like we have in years past with Star Wars films, or um, or even the first Aquaman. Although the first Aquaman didn't open huge, it just was so good, and moms wanted to see it over and over again that it made it eventually made a billion dollars. Also, Jason Momoa. Yeah, it was for the moms. Mama. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mama Moa. <laughs> so, how did we not come up with that sooner? <laughs> for how much we've talked about him on this podcast, how did we not come up with that um, play on words on him? That's crazy. We're not good at this. So I think we're <laughs> going to see a box office very similar to what we saw at Thanksgiving, where mm. overall it's going to be down from you know last year with Avatar. But I think you're going to see more consistency across the films. Like I don't think you're going to have one massive winner and one massive loser. Although there's when you have this many films, there's always kind of one left out. Um, but I think you're just going to see 
a really more diverse slate, more options for the audience and more audience going at different times for different films. So you're not going to just have this like crazy crowd for one film at all your show times. You're going to have a nice slew of people across the whole, you know, theater, which will be nice. I think that's better for concession sales. Yeah. And hopefully as we've mentioned previously on this show, that that's the start of um, how movie going kind of is going to be for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, people recognizing um, the different types of movies and wanting to be a bit more explorative when it comes to that. So that way you see um, that consistency of like roses between each one compared to like one massive one. And then I guess the bubble kind of breaking after that opening weekend or mm-hmm. the other movies not doing well because of that. I kind of had another thought on that. Um, we talked a little bit about that the other day, Kyle, where mm-hmm. it seems like f- given for whatever reason, the fragmentation of, you know, like our society into like kind of tribal groups is that I'm not sure there's ever going to be one unifying picture. Like there may have been in the past, like a star Wars movie where everybody like sets aside all of our differences and we all want to go see the one star Wars movie. Right. I think that's going to be harder and harder to do. I think we all are like tunneling into our tastes and I think audiences are doing that and while they're exploring things I'm not I'm just not sure that there's going to be that one overarching studio film that's like bland enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Tom Cruise is going to outer space for real okay maybe that one (laughs) maybe that one when that one happens Top Gun Maverick 2 yeah I don't know you don't know. I don't know. You don't know. You well, don't think we'll a sequel that's see. made instead of 30 years later, three years later, is going to make a ton of money? <laughs> I think that might remove that question mark, that asterisk Depends we on had on it. Depends on if Tom Cruise is in it. He will be in it. Unless he dies in outer space. Unless, yeah. Unless, which <laughs> yeah, we're we, not hoping for. We, in which case, the this movie This is all that, speculation until we know if he survives it, outer space. In which case, the movie that he dies in outer space <laughs> okay, that will one be will the be biggest the movie of all time. Again, Everyone will come together. I get it, but it takes like... James Cameron will an, be so pissed that he got beat by God, a dead actor. Like killing Tom Cruise in outer space to bring all of society together. I'm just saying that on average, we're just not... I don't know if we're going to have those unifying big pictures anymore. I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that gives everybody an opportunity to have experiences in the theater, maybe even try something, a new flavor of film Mm -hmm. so that not everybody is lulled into everybody has to go see this one movie. Correct. But you have to have that unifying movie to get the The newbies in the older audiences that aren't excited about going to the movies you have to get them forced to go in to see this right and then they're like oh yeah i could also see that movie or this movie and you have to it would help i think there's where the barbenheimers come in you know Mm -hmm. the barbies and the oppenheimers and i think you're gonna have surprises like that that you know get people are like this is an experience we should all experience it but those are still so distinct i feel like barbie and oppenheimer are so distinct yeah from marvels and star wars and the things that were bringing people into the theaters before on a mass scale that you you're gonna need something very special cinematically to do that again yeah um i don't think this means that that experience of like major tentpoles being what everyone only sees is gonna go away i'm sure like it's gonna have an ebb and flow that will come back after i don't know some odd years maybe even sooner than that maybe it'll only be a few months who the heck knows but um i don't think we're saying that this is going to be gone away completely forever it's just this is the time period that we're living in now is that 
it feels like there's more fragmentation and more people are not really joining together for one unified thing. So that means that's going to be a correspondence to the movie going experience. Yeah. And, and I don't, like I said, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think you're going to get different audiences in for different kind of movies. I think it just means that exhibitors need to delve into more audience demographics. Like what, what movie does this audience work for? And then you have to market to that audience. Mm. And I do think it makes the exhibitors job of marketing and reaching out to audiences more difficult, but also I think that there's a, some ability to be creative and to really reach new audiences with that. So I, there's opportunity. It's just so different than what we've had even in the last 10 years, which is, which was way different than what we had the previous like 30 years before that. So right. this industry is always changing and we're just looking into another year of being flexible and creative. Well, speaking of looking into a different year and, while things are different, they remain the yeah. same. Uh, January is a soulless, empty void <laughs> of films being released. But obviously, we're not talking to you, Paramount, or you, MGM, Amazon, Metro Goldwyn, Meyer, <laughs> Incorporated. Whatever you are now. Substantiated Incorporated. Oscar Meyer Wiener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oshkosh Bagash. Whatever you want to throw on there. Um, cause they have two wide releases the second week of January. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If it wasn't for Paramount MGM with Beekeeper and Mean Girls or Mean Girls and Beekeeper, sorry. Mm -hmm. There we go. Then, um, <laughs> it, we would, it would be so scary. <laughs> it would be so scary guys. But, but creativity time. <laughs> yeah. Huh? No, I, it's going to take some creativity with those titles. We're also hoping that, I mean, there's going to be with this many titles being released, there's one, hopefully two that pop and do more than expected right that's, and that get is critical the, reviews and they hold on through january right. without any issues that mm -hmm. is the one thing that we miss about having something like an avatar or star wars is that it did a lot of business at christmas but it held up people went and saw it over and over again through january you and it little like theaters that played yeah, it four or five six weeks the tide of it washed into january mm -hmm. i don't know if we're gonna get the tide washing into january this year um but there'll be some opportunity for smaller cinemas to pick up some of the stuff that they weren't, because there's so much product at Christmas to pick up yeah. some of these titles and in that first couple weeks in, of January to you know maybe keep it kind of going a little bit, which I, that's what I'm hoping for. So are you, what title are you, <clears throat> excuse me, hold, uh, hoping for that to happen? Like maybe a color purple or... Boys in the Boat, Boys I think boat. is an excellent there's, one. There's, I mean, any one of these, I wouldn't right. mind if they Iron, threw out a number. Maybe. You know, if Iron Claw does really well and gets, you know, really good word of mouth, um, I can see Iron Claw mm, playing yeah. in smaller towns, being kind of that sleeper sneaker hit. Mm -hmm. For people, definitely Boys in the Boat in the Pacific Northwest, especially little theaters up there. Yeah. Um, Anything with the '80s decade in it seems to help it. That like with too. Iron Claw, yeah. Mm, okay, but it, and Color Purple obviously has its place in in markets. Like it makes mm -hmm. sense a lot of places. It's you know they they placed it there obviously because they thought it would be an awards worthy movie, but it's a perfect January February movie. Right. So. You know, and, and hopefully 
Aquaman isn't terrible and is what you know the the fear is is that there's something wrong with it but I think it'll be great and I think that little towns can play it same with migration um so I DC WB haven't made the same you know haven't made the same waves with audiences like Disney has <laughs> right waves so man yeah <laughs> nice thank you for catching that but uh so hopefully that's it's a more general audience movie Right. And and fits the demographic. He's going to be great in it. You just hope they don't like so massively screw up the story. And, yeah. And the CGI that it becomes like an issue. Right. But you think when you spend, you know, $250, $300 million on something, it should be pretty perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> you, would, you would assume, but we have a lot of evidence of other films in that <laughs> oh, price range. Oh, do we? <laughs> I, I'm really worried about the last two weeks in January. There are no major releases, no wide releases mm-hmm. those weeks. By then, all of the life and the Christmas stuff may or may not be gone. I would... I kind of err on the fact that you only have a good, really good three weeks of the, you know, mm-hmm. of value in these films because mm-hmm. of streaming. So, you know, you're at end of January, the the value might be out of them. If you're and, due for a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> last or two weeks of January might be the cleaning thing. of the theater or reseating. That doesn't sound like a vacation. I'm talking like okay. <laughs> the <laughs> coastal Carolinas. You want to get out of the snow a little <laughs> yeah. bit, yeah. see something that's not, not hot, but something that's a little different than what you're used to. Yeah. Let's let theater okay. owners see some sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On, yeah. <laughs> that might be the good time to do it. I know that that's Oscar nomination time and historically we've gotten a bump on films, but any, but I just think anymore Oscars have been hijacked by streaming service movies that nobody's interested in what gets nominated it also the gulf between what gets nominated and what audiences actually like has been so far for so long that I've kind of think they've lost their luster a little this year I mean I'm not a fan of them myself but I could see Oppenheimer and Barbie at least being contenders and They'll, that could it, that would give not, them a good not contenders they'll get nominated for best picture like, but at yeah. least that's like better. top gun maverick did at least that's and better Tom Cruise than, didn't even show up yeah at least that's better than the years where it's like oh boy nomadland who else saw that movie i know but those Ooh, are the yeah i saw it yeah. <laughs> those are the films that are gonna win and i don't think that even a barbie and an oppenheimer nomination like you're not going to bring barbie back because it got nominated it's already been on streaming like there's no value and you played it true 10 12 weeks yeah and i know that universal's trying to re-release oppenheimer again mid-january you know just to bump that oscar Mm -hmm. race up but nobody's nobody's interested in seeing something that that it's that old that's available to them on their tvs and i think that's that has definitely affected oscars so where we used to, you know, get into like the races for that kind of stuff, the artistic side of it. Yeah. That none of that helps us anymore. I do love sure. the idea that the chains run these, you know, best picture nominees. And they play and all the movies. And they play all of them, which is which is great. Like it's great for the idea of cinema. Yeah. But I do love that they have to play Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you know everything is going to be two and a half and hours they want long, two shows minimum they're like we want a twilight and a yeah. matinee so we'll start you mean the whole day we'll start it we'll start it at nine and they'll get out at 2 30 in the morning after we finish the trailers <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i i january is going to be a little rough but you know we've weathered these storms before looking at august and september of last year mm. and the year before and we've the year got before an that. odd slate yeah and yeah. every year before that yeah that um you know remember I, when like the big surprise was 
the upside with Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart and people. I were, remember when Guardians of the Galaxy came out in August and everybody was like, oh, "We could have films in August." Like yeah. that really like turned the tide. No, yes. there was like <laughs> I remember no yeah. Green Book, nineteen twelve. Like we had movies right. that popped that opened limited in December. And yeah. Then, and then did big numbers and it was like, okay, like we can do this because it had like this big New York LA opening. Right. And we're not really going to have that this year because there's no titles like that. I think the titles opening super limited on that day are just very they're artsy, sp- they're small, art house. Art. Yeah. We don't have a big studio doing no. the New York LA thing this year. Nope. I think that was, you know, they, they like to do that and there should be a plan for that, but it just didn't happen this year they needed as many screens as possible which is fine yeah. uh, but we got uh february has like a four pack of weird titles at one spot yeah <laughs> which is which is fine and then march looks great march will start off with dune and lionsgate has ordinary angels at the end of february which i'm yeah. hoping for some traction with yeah because they delayed it after doing a lot of pre-sales on it yes so i'm hoping that builds in a positive way people mm-hmm. are like i can finally see this movie not right. like i can't believe they did this right <laughs> like they're people are excited and lionsgate needs another win they do um and then dune in that first part of march then we'll have kung fu panda middle of march then we'll end march with um ghostbusters yeah no march march is june right like march looks amazing (laughs) just what i'm excited for um summer in march (laughs) yeah hey i mean disney's tried to do this with a number of titles i mean i always look toward tim burton's dumbo as like the first one they put out there (laughs) is like a march they're like this is going to be huge (laughs) 300 million and open to 50 and they're like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh but but it's it's going to be something like you know, hitting these holidays, like hitting these times where people are like, okay, I can finally get out of the house again. It's finally right. spring, March. And like what we've talked about forever, what they've done to October has turned it into a, a juggernaut. Yep. Yep. It, it just needs the right content and, yeah. you know, and March is positioned correctly. And March is big budget Mar- films and yep. films with good stories. And that's what it's going to be yeah. this year. So we're just going to get through January. We might see a little bump in February, but really we're we're just finish line should be March to get us like really going for the next leg of everything. Yeah. Yeah, and if titles like Dune and Ghostbusters work, mm-hmm. you know, it'll just be a springboard for the oh, whole summer. Yeah. Lots riding on March this year. <laughs> if March doesn't work, head for the hills. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, speaking of hills of money warner brothers and paramount have come out in the trades i didn't think our industry had pockets of money anymore but apparently that's not the case mountains (laughs) well it's pockets of money and mountains of debt mountains of debt that's right (laughs) we forget one somehow doesn't affect the other but also it so there's not anything official on this um but it did come out that wb um ceo david zasloff met with paramount ceo this week they had lunch yeah, they had lunch. They had a, a, a nice meeting. lunch, you know, with a Caesar salad and maybe... There, there was where they salad. make it at the table? Yeah, where they Ooh, make... I like they, that. I like they that. Fluff it up at the table, table. You and, salad? Oh, you know, no, no, where they make the dressing at the table. Ooh, I love that. I'm sure that that's Ooh. the kind of lunch that they had. You know, they they are showmans for, you know, for God's are sakes. They? <laughs> yeah, they own the company, so... Or they are CEOs of the company, so... I don't think they realize they are They like a good that. show. <laughs> if you say so. David Zasloff, who brought you Swamp King? Maybe, yeah, like <laughs> House Hunters, maybe. <laughs> but uh, 
a possible merger of two of our favorite film companies. It it's all muddied. It doesn't. We don't know anything specific right. about this. Because it was only a lunch. But it's it's all a debt measuring contest at this point. Yeah. yeah. How how bad are you in? You're, how bad are you in? You're worth <laughs> two hundred billion. We're only worth one hundred and sixty billion. Oh, we have one point three trillion in debt. Oh, that's nothing. That's we nothing. have one point five trillion in debt. It's yeah. It's these companies forever always have just cannibalized each other that's the story of hollywood it would be sad to see either one or both of these go away because they're stalwarts in the industry they've been around since the beginning their legacy studios but you know they're we just forget because we're on the film side of things that these companies are tv and their production and their cable channels and they're all these other things and it makes sense maybe to combine all those other things. Whereas I'm not sure it makes as much sense to combine the studio part of it, but you put the water tower in front of some mountains and you call it a day. Yeah. (laughs) Update those logos. (laughs) What an ugly hodgepodge. No, no, it's, it, it doesn't help that, you know, Paramount has the good TV with Viacom. Yeah. And Warner brothers has the good streaming with max. Yeah. So they both have, strengths and weaknesses and they both have gone through a weak film industry for the last right i do think Mm -hmm. combining those two their offerings from those two studios onto one streaming platform makes so much it'd be a juggernaut yeah i would think with the just putting nickelodeon and hbo together two of the most recognizable brands because there's really no kids stuff on hbo on Max as much, and there's really no like great adult stuff on Paramount. Top Gun Maverick. Okay, besides <laughs> the one movie. So, I I do I have enjoyed Max since the Discovery merger because all my trash TV shows, reality shows, have now been come on Max. <laughs> so I like the addition of the Paramount stuff to just go in there. As a consumer, I would like the consolidation of convenience. It feels. Like, just easier to access the stuff. Bundle it like your cable used to be. I don't want to have to go into the Max app and then into the Paramount app. I just want one. Just one app to <laughs> I go I think into. that's just called cable. I, that's what I want. <laughs> when are we going to go back to cable? I, so, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I miss cable. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I do. <laughs> I so much more convenient. One device, one yeah. remote. Yeah. Yep. Not if I have to wait apps. for things longer than most... I'm fine. So at this point, nothing good or bad from the situation, right. just an interesting development. But of course, this is the, the lunch that we heard about. This isn't <laughs> one of the 100 that we haven't heard about. Right. right. Where yeah. Bob Iger meets with everybody. It's like, we would like to mm-hmm. buy you. We're Disney from 2018 until, you know, six months ago. We still know, Bob. <laughs> we still know you're Disney. <laughs> you don't need to remind us. I don't maybe, know. It just maybe he has to remind himself after a few of these. <laughs> well, a few of these recent stinkers. articles. I mean, he's in another proxy battle, so he's got he's got his own fights right now. Mm-hmm. So he's his eyes off the merger ball. He's he's a lunatic. <laughs> he's gonna you be know, taking over Hulu at some point. Why doesn't he just lose and then retire again? Like that would be the goal, and then they bring in someone else who's terrible at it, yeah, and then know. like, Bob, we need you. They dust him off again. <laughs> Bobby, Bob. <laughs> Robert, it worked for him. Help us out, Babaru. Go get this done, <laughs> Babarino. <laughs> we need you to come back to the wonderful world of Disney. <laughs> come on down. 
Yeah, I don't know. This rumor just makes me sad, obviously, for the history and the cinematic aspect of these mm-hmm. companies. But I just also don't like seeing this industry or any industry for that grow smaller in this way. I just, I just don't like the idea of like one massive entity taking over Correct. one industry. Right. Compet- we, competition's gone, good. Competition, yes, yeah. exactly. We've gone through that, and it's been awful, and it's not been mm-hmm. good for theaters. And this is the Warner Brothers and Paramount are two of the most exhibitor-friendly studios to work with i would hate for that to go to be consolidated it's it's good that they're working together if they were working right. with the company that is difficult to work with then you'd be really oh, worried. Even, it could be worse <laughs> i agree it could all always be but, worse you know Universal. we don't want to see we want to see years like we did where there's the top 10 films nine of them are are one film company and they made a ton of money like that that means that somebody knows what the audience wants and they're doing right. that but in that regard, then it gives that film company too much power. Yeah. And to set terms as high as they want and set requirements as high as they want. And right. we don't need that. We no. need aggressive competition. From everybody and with its own flavor. And I mm-hmm. think that that's what audiences are really asking for. They don't want to see all of this product from one studio because it really does come with its like kind of own branding. And it's well, just, it, it's, look, it ends up looking the same. Yeah. And that's, oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, maybe what's hurting migration this time? Is that it looks like Minions, but it's not a Minion? Yeah, I think that hurt Disney. I think that's hurt Marvels and all this stuff because the best Disney films from those last year were old Fox films. Yeah, and Fox obviously isn't one to make everything look the same. No, but they were... Old stuff, Fox films, old, including from, Sound of Freedom. Well, from, the, <laughs> yeah, from that rain that were greenlit during that rain. And they, so they had their own flavor. And right. that seems to be what audiences have been really attracted to this year. I know. And that's I'm holding out hope for the new the new Deadpool that it doesn't get too much Disney in it. Right. That it stays a Fox Marvel title. Right. And I agree with you. I think Migration is suffering from the it looks like every other Illumination Studios which is not a bad thing, but I think it there's there's no yellow guys like in it. Like if it wasn't Mario, <laughs> would Mario have been? No, Mario's more recognizable right. than the minions. So I think that's why that one worked. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're we're just seeing some homogenizing of all of this product. And if we're gonna homogenize yeah. it, make the crossover. Yeah, minions migrate with Mario, <laughs> <laughs> led by ducks. Ducks. <laughs> and then there's a bad goose. <laughs> the villain a silly goose no it's a silly goose it has yeah, to be a silly there's goose? no such thing as mm-hmm. bad as bad people in no movies. Okay. it's a shitty swan <laughs> right <laughs> i think that's worse <laughs> that sounds way worse we i was that gonna i was gonna cool. say black swan but natalie portman already has that one so yeah yeah we'll pass on that mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and so, on that alliteration yeah, yeah. <laughs> i guess this wraps up our episode but also wraps us up for the year. Yeah, we're going to be taking next week off for the holidays. Oh, and thank God. Then we'll be back in 2024. Yeah, brand new year. And we say this every year, but hopefully it's one filled with promise and um, a lot of great stuff to come out from the studio. So that way, you know, theaters keep doing what they love to do. It's going to keep growing and changing. And the only thing you can do is, you know, ride ride the wave. Try to do your best with promotions and encouraging new audiences. Get yeah. on letterboxed.app. Yeah. Dot yeah. Co. Which you guys have, by the way. Yes. <laughs> You're hip now. It's Thanks, really Kyle. Cool. 
I'm hip. I'm cool. That is such he a put on reference. His hat. his hat was forwards, and now Kent's hat is slowly going backwards. <laughs> it's been moving throughout this whole episode. Hello, hello, young kids, <laughs> fellow young children. Hello, yeah, oh. <laughs> nope. Happy 2023. We saw, you know, continued growth from the closures of 2020, and we're just about ready to put that behind us, like yeah. fully. Where it's, it's a, it, we're in the new normal, but it's. You know, we're not affected by that anymore. We have fun things to worry about, like the delay from the the Writers Writers Guild, the Actors Guild. We have the delays from that, but... Strike delays coming at you next year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's going to limit, but there's still... People are still going to pick their spots. Right. Like, we have... We may have less movies, but this year we had more movies than 22. And I think as we go forward, there'll be more movies in 24, even with the strikes, because it'll give opportunities for... The A24s, Neons, mm-hmm. Searchlights right. of the World, like, we'll go wide. We have room on this date to go yeah. wide. Alternative event. Um, Focus. I mean, yeah. I'm super excited for their slate in 24. Yeah, their slate does look really good. The Bike Riders. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited <laughs> for that one. I wish that one came out this year. <laughs> I didn't That even... one's a summer title. I'm excited for that. Had... I saw the the release calendar up a movie called Lisa Frankenstein and I didn't even click on it because I just assume it was some, some stupid horror movie. No, I like, think it looks funny. It's a no, comedy. It's a yeah. Diablo Cody movie so it has yeah. its audience but yeah. it just but it's focus and I'm like that's perfect. Yeah. That's it, a perfect focus movie. It also like could a romantic be for... comedy kind of in like that weird sarcastic absurd yeah. way and yeah. No, could be it, for teens which right. is nice. I like a, I like the actors in it like who the cast is. It's I, I, I have pegged in a lot of places. So we'll, so we'll say our focus is our Expected breakout for 2024. Yeah, we're going to see some big focus moves. next year for yeah. sure. Why not? I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Focus on your family for your holidays, mm-hmm. whatever you celebrate, and we'll see you guys next year. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Off the Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast.